0: rochambeau the podcast about unique competitions extraordinary events and other amazing adventures i'm kim
1: and i'm ted welcome to this episode
0: happy to have you guys here i want to get right into this one it was an event that i went to a couple months back okay super excited to share this with you ted i believe you were in colorado at the time what you got i have for you the iron tiki tender southeast competition
2: passion fruit and fascionola syrup, herb saint, orange juice, hibiscus, dark rum, Campari, fresh lemon juice,
3: kumquat, Buddha's hand lemon, passion fruit whipped cream, Tim's, cherry bitters, and a sexy banana with nipples.
4: Welcome to Iron Tiki Tender on tour.
1: What's the Iron Tiki Tender Southeast all about, Kim?
0: Well, the iron tiki tender will take the Southeast out of it for a okay. second. Okay. Um, <laughs> shoo, what a burden. <laughs> what a burden lost. The Iron Tiki Tender competition has been going on, I believe, since 2012, and it happens in Portland, Oregon okay. in July. It's encompassed within their tiki con. So you know how much we love Dragon Con. Oh, we do. Yes. You know, con is basically a generic term for a convention. convention right. Exactly. Of some subculture that wants to celebrate. So you can imagine all things tiki. So within TikiCon, they do the Iron Tiki Tender, and it is the quest to find the world's best tiki bartender.
1: Ah, I was wondering about the tender part. Yes, bartender! Oh, I was thinking like chicken tenders. Oh gosh, no. (laughs)
0: Specifically (laughs) bartenders that specialize in tiki drinks. I'm a fan of bartenders. Yes, I know you are, and I love a good tiki drink. Mm -hmm. Do do you, by chance, happen to have a favorite tiki drink?
1: I like the fog cutter. Oh, a fog cutter. That's yeah, a classic. that's a classic. That's a classic. So, Kim, we are very lucky. Yes. You and I. Truth. Because we live in Atlanta. And we have Trader Vic's. That's right. And Trader Vic's is an amazing tiki bar.
0: It is. There are quite a few places in Atlanta now that are really, really awesome. I personally love SOS
1: Tiki. Oh, yeah. Oh, my place. gosh.
0: Anyways, Iron Tiki Tender Southeast took place during Inuhele.
1: Okay. I like
0: that word. Inuhele got started by Jonathan Chaffin and his wife, Allison. And they started this as a tiki bar tour. And this year, they made it a full-on conference. And within the context of it, they decided to put on the Iron Tiki Tender Southeast. And we'll let Jonathan explain what's going on
4: here. My name is Jonathan Chaffin. I am uh, the organizer uh, with my wife, Allison, of uh, Inuhewe, Atlanta's Tiki Weekend. I also design and sell Tiki mugs as horror in clay. And my wife produces Mug Crate, which is a quarterly Tiki mug subscription box. And Iron Tiki Tender is a competition started, I think it was 2013. They've run it at TikiCon in Portland. And they uh, invited Tiki bartenders from all over the country to compete every year. And Allison and I met the organizers of TikiCon, and we were talking with them a lot. And we decided to... Uh, have a southeast regional competition with uh, one of the prizes being a slot at iron tiki tender in portland and
0: so you guys started with the competition last night you did a mystery ingredient round how did that go for you guys
4: all of the bartenders did an excellent job absolutely outstanding i uh, just it went really well
0: Tell our audience a little bit about how the competition tonight is supposed to break down.
4: OK, so tonight we're doing round two and round three. And round two, we'll start with uh, the garish garnish competition. What we've done is set up something that looks like a uh, boxing ring with uh, Moai anchoring the corners. And we have our three competitors set up with six-foot tables in a triangular pattern in the middle. They've all set out the fruits and garnishes and uh, extra stuff that they wanted to bring for the competition. Uh, they've got their tools they're familiar working with and they will be provided with a mystery ceramic vessel they were able to pre-plan garnishes and uh, maybe they have some ideas actually knowing those guys i'm sure they do (laughs) because we have some very very creative guys but the vessel will be brand new to them they will figure out how to uh, best adorn it it will be built on a serving platter which will be carried to the judge's table that is also part of the competition that's a big deal because it has to be portable, right? To some extent, at least. It does mimic the service aspect because you wouldn't just build a, a statue of fruit and vegetable on a cup. You know, <laughs> you'd know, you have to put probably two or three of them on a table and or on a platter and carry them off to whoever's uh, the patron. So after that round, we will uh, go down to two competitors and uh, they will be having the Mai Tai speed round. They have the time to decant into whatever the vessels they wish and then they will start slinging drinks. And... Uh, Really, after that, somebody will be crowned Iron Tiki Tender Southeast, and they will receive two tickets to TikiCon in Portland, Uh, some other nice little bibs and bobs, of course, uh, bragging rights.
0: And a slot in the Iron Tiki Tender finals in Portland, right?
4: That's my understanding, yeah.
0: Can you tell me about who the judges are tonight?
4: Uh, Yes, Brother Cleave is a DJ, he's been a raconteur, he's been involved in the tiki scene since uh, the 90s, he's a a musician, and he is a nice guy. Jesse Coffey is co-owner of Tiki Underground uh, in Ohio, and third uh, judge this evening will be Mark Hooper, who is a former Iron Tiki Tinder contestant uh, in Portland. And another entertaining fellow.
0: Awesome. Well, is there anything else you want to add that we didn't cover?
1: Uh, tip your weight stuff. <laughs> Good sound advice. Right? Yeah. Always. That sounds amazing. So you were there. Yes. How garish were the garnishes? garnishes? Oh,
0: my God. So garish. Oh, yeah. They were fantastic. We're going to hear from each of the competitors and they're going to tell us a little bit about how things went for them the previous night. Okay. So I should elaborate on that real quick. So the Iron Tiki Tender in Portland is broken down into three competitions. And so they did the same here with the southeast one, but they split it up over two days. And we went to the second day. But on the day that we missed, there was a competition based on mystery ingredients and Ah. they had to make drinks using one of the mystery ingredients from the box. Iron Tiki Tandoori is all about elimination rounds. So Uh they went from four competitors the day before down to three. And then the day that I went, they went down to two. And then of course there was a winner
1: after that. All right. And what were the
2: mystery ingredients? Do you know?
0: Let's listen to the competitors chat and they'll tell us all about
2: it. Perfect. My name is Mitchell Pat Magrian. I'm from Sarasota, Florida. Uh, I work for Jack Dusty, which is a coastal cuisine and craft cocktail bar and restaurant in the Ritz-Carlton, Sarasota. Here competing in the Iron Tiki Go South competition at Inahule. Ended up here just because there was a submission thing for make the best twist on a hurricane you could. Being a bartender who, at my home bar that I work at, I kind of handle the rum tiki cocktails. And I said, just give it a shot. Surprisingly heard back pretty quickly. Actually thought it was kind of like a bogus like scam email because I read it and I was like, yeah, this, this seems sketchy. Um, and then as I read it, I was like, all right, I'll reply. And it was just excited because I've spent a lot of time in Atlanta in this area. I'm relatively new to the craft cocktail scene. I've been in it for just over two years. Originally, I was a chef for 10 years, and this has just kind of been a new thing for me. I'm just here to have fun, hoping to get through this.
0: So what was your mystery ingredient last night?
2: Uh, so my mystery ingredient last night, uh, I got the choose last of the four competitors. And what was left for me was a jalapeno tequila, George Dickel- Tabasco, whiskey, or Herb Saint. Um, And I picked the only one that's actually an ingredient, which is Herb Saint, which is going to be a New Orleans classic style of absinthe. Knowing that it's a classic New Orleans ingredient that goes into a very classic New Orleans cocktail, which is the Sazerac, and also that we're having to make variations in hurricanes, I wanted to combine two classic New Orleans cocktails, which was the Sazerac and the Hurricane um, so my cocktail ended up being Meyers Dark Rum, a whole ounce of Herb Saint, which is something usually in cocktails in the small dashes. Um, so I was using a full ounce. I had the passion fruit and fascionola syrup, fresh lemon juice, and then cherry bitters, which is another important ingredient to Sazerac's. And people loved it. Yeah, so I'm stoked.
0: And so then today is also broken up into two separate things. There's Speed and then they're calling it Garish Garnish, yep. which I think is fantastic. Which one are you feeling stronger about?
2: Uh, I'm feeling actually stronger in the speed competition. That's one of my strong suits. The, yeah, the garish garnish is... Uh, its It's been in the back of my mind for about three weeks now of uh, all the things I'm going to try and do. Because in my world, keep things simple, stupid, and do it right, but not overly done. Um, whereas that's the opposite in the tiki community is as wild as possible. So that's what I'm going to try and do. Kind of stocked up on some local special fruit. Being the mystery component of not knowing what our glassware is, I had had ideas for certain glassware um but it's all up in the air at this point like that's the only part of it that's been causing the the stress and uncertainty so yeah it's it could be anything I, I saw the pictures of what it was last year and it was a giant turtle bowl and they had to build up from it and i'm like that's not even a cup so there's there's ideas running through my head and they've been keeping me up at night sadly um but it's just uh not last place that's what matters at this point if i can get second I can make it to the last round. And
0: then lastly, I know the prize is a guaranteed place in the Portland Iron Tiki Tender. Is this something you ever considered going to before?
2: Um, not actually. I've been to Portland. I was at their well-known tiki bar, the, um Halle Pele, just last August and really, really loved it. So having that opportunity, that'd be great to go back, get, get some more experience there. Being a Floridian, I've always been on the the desire to go to the Mai Kai, the big event down in Fort Lauderdale, the Huki Lau, just haven't had the time to schedule. Sadly, not lined up for me in the last couple of years because this is a really fun community. I come from more of the the cocktail side of it where I know there are people who love all parts of it, have their different specialties, and I come from specifically the cocktail side, um, which is pretty fun to do, yeah.
5: My name is Ryan Smith. I'm from Macon, Georgia. So bringing the small town to a big city competition. I actually currently design bars for a living. So everything from 3D construction design to menu design, graphics, training a staff, pricing, inventory, the whole thing. Um, I'm also designing a mid-century lounge in Macon, Georgia. So like 1950s to 1970s kitsch some tiki stuff, a lot of forgotten classics, that kind of thing. I'm really pumped. Uh, You know, the town is finally growing up enough that people are looking for that kind of thing. So it's time to start, you know, changing the industry a little bit. And how did you hear about this competition? Well, I actually did a pop-up tiki event in Macon for the radio station that's based there. It's a uh, country, funk, and blues station. And I do a bi-weekly how-to cocktail thing with them on the air and in print. And uh, I did a what they called the Creaky Tiki Pop-Up Night. And uh, we did like a small stage and the Mystery Men played. And, you know, Jonathan and uh, them just happened to be there. And, you know, we fell in love talking about the, the culture. And, uh, you know, he let me know this event was happening. I was just all too happy to submit a recipe. So I'm happy to be here.
0: Yesterday, you guys had to make a drink with a mystery ingredient. Yes, what was yours?
5: So I was uh, third to choose. And I was actually pumped to see that Campari was on the table. I love bringing weird, nuanced flavors to, like, you know, sweeter or more tart drinks. So I went straight for the Campari. I was very excited to have that choice. Just because in a hurricane, I think it worked well to kind of break up the sweeter flavors. With the bitter there to kind of break up the really vibrant, sweet flavors, uh, you were able to pick out the hibiscus and kind of, you know, layer the cocktail a little bit. So it was real fun.
0: A hurricane's never something that's really been on my mind as a drink that I would love because it is really, really sweet. So that sounds like a great idea.
5: All you got to do is make the classic um, hurricane. So it's one and a half of a dark rum or three quarter dark rum, three quarter light rum. Uh, Then three quarter ounces of fessi and all the syrup, one half ounces of lemon juice and just two dashes of Campari. That is all you need. And it just brings in that little bit of bitter body to help kind of coagulate some of those like more sweet flavors.
0: And so this evening's competition is broken up into two parts, the garish garnish, the speed round. Which one are you feeling stronger about?
5: I'm pretty excited about the garnish that I'm going to do tonight. I brought a uh, Buddha's hand lemon. I'm planning on making a kraken and using it as the top of the head. And I just think it's going to set the whole thing off.
0: That sounds amazing.
5: Yeah, I'm uh, I'm really stoked. I hope the glass is big enough that I can like, you know, kind of put the tentacles everywhere. But we'll, we'll see how it ends up. But uh, I really love speed bartending. You know, doing things efficiently is kind of the name of the game for me that's something I always try to stress to my clients doing things the right way measuring your drinks making sure that they're always the same like making sure that they're repeatable but making sure it's efficient and done in a timely manner is something that I really enjoy about bartending so uh, I think it's gonna be a lot of fun I'm interested to see how it works out
0: and so the prize getting to go to Portland to compete in the finals this something that's been on your radar before have you ever thought of competing there
5: it's actually something I had never heard of until Jonathan told me about this event, but it, it sounds awesome. Portland's a really cool town. Any chance to, like, pop in and see Morgenthaler and all those people up there is, you know, a uh, you know, good excuse for me. So I'm excited for the opportunity.
0: Well, thank you so much, and good luck tonight.
5: Thank you. I really appreciate it.
3: So my name is Jim Stacy. I'm from Atlanta, Georgia. I am an Emmy Award-winning television host and food historian kind of thing here in Atlanta. Um, I've had restaurants, namely Palookaville. I've owned the Star Bar. I ran the Starlight Drive-In. And I'm a tiki-file. I was on the first wave uh, back in the early 90s of the resurrection of this stuff. And this being being said, I've always uh, parlayed my whole love of tiki into specific episodes of my TV shows or my historical research or my actual... Uh, craft so, this is kind of a no-brainer for me. Uh, when they were having a Iron tiki tender in, in my hometown, I was like, "Well, here we go," because I was gonna I was gonna put in for the competition at TikiCon this year because um, I really want to do an old man, small old man uh, tiki bar called the Sea Witch. Super authentic, super super detail oriented, super encrusted. You know, small batch.
0: Well, let's talk about last night, which was part one of the competition, sure. and you guys had to do a mystery
3: ingredient. What was yours? Okay, so I uh, was able to pick second. Mickey from uh, Trader Sam's drew the short straw and got to go first, and uh, I got I picked Pims um, because it was the least egregious of all that was up there. So uh, I love Pims. and I think Pims has got a really great earthy flavor. It's not overly uh, herbal. It's not overly balsamy. Um, So it actually kind of fits with tiki a little bit. So we were supposed to make a hurricane. And uh, my garnish ended up being uh, a passion fruit whipped cream. So I took whipped cream and I beat it until it was just before butter. And then I folded passion fruit uh, puree that I'd cooked down with sorghum and made made this crazy passion fruit. Butter actually, it's like this soft, soft, fluffy butter that didn't melt like whipped cream would, and so that's why I did that, so because it wouldn't fall apart. And so we made the drink with with uh, Myers Dark and Pimm's orange juice, passion fruit syrup, uh, red fazianola, both of those from uh, BG Reynolds, and then uh, I had gone and gotten a gallon of fresh squeezed orange juice from Cap Farmers Market, so I used that as my base with some uh, with some lime and lemon and and we dressed up with kumquat and fruit leather, and then a candied hibiscus. Nice. Yeah, and a, a little dollop of that uh, that cream so you could eat it a la carte or you could swirl it into your drink and it makes this beautiful cream drink. Yeah, a cream hurricane. Yeah, so that's how it happened.
0: And so obviously that worked for you because um, you're here tonight. and tonight broken down into two parts the garish garnish and the speed which one do you feel stronger about
3: i don't understand why we're having a speed competition i mean we're all bartenders who cares so the only thing the only competition really here tonight is the garnish competition which i feel like pretty damn strong in. i, I you know i have a background in sculpting and building the macgyvering so I don't, I don't feel like this is going to be a problem
0: i'm super excited to see what you come up with
3: there's going to be a sexy banana involved <laughs> A sexy banana with nipples. <laughs> well, so, yeah, so there's that. I mean.
0: You mentioned that the Iron Tiki Tender has already been on your radar. Yeah. Have you ever considered entering before?
3: Um, not really until this year. The people who know me know me in this community, but there's people on the left coast that are more of the, uh, not taste makers, but yeah. maybe the, that have industrialized it that don't know me, and I was like, yeah, might as well show them what this doe knows, you know, so.
0: Well, good luck. Thanks, man. I
3: appreciate
1: it. So those are the three contenders going into today's event, correct?
0: That's right. And I believe it was the last one that we heard from Jim Stacy, who mentioned Mickey Wellman, okay. who was the gentleman who had gotten eliminated the night okay. before. Okay. And yeah. he
1: had the first choice of ingredients. He in did. Day, it out, yeah. He
0: did, but it didn't work out for him, although everyone had wonderful things to say about him. He, by the way, was from Orlando. Okay. And was a tiki bartender at one of the Disney resorts.
1: Oh, I could see that. I bet he's at the Polynesian resort. No, actually, I think
0: he worked at um, or works at the Grog Grotto.
1: Oh, well, that sounds fun. Yeah, I don't know too much about Disney World. I know stuff about it. I worked there, actually. You did? I did. What did you do? I scooped ice cream.
0: Ooh. Yeah, on Main Street. That's the, I assume, main part of the park that you walk into, yeah, right? Yeah, sure is, yeah. That's so cool. I, know. I made
1: cookies, but Aww. mostly I scooped ice cream. You made joy and
0: happiness yeah, I, for I people. I grew
1: up, yeah, I grew up in Orlando. So everybody at, in Orlando worked at Disney World. Very cool. Yeah. So now I want a tiki drink. I know, me too. Yeah. But we're highly want, suggestible. We really are. <laughs> But I also want to hear what they made this time. What's the mystery cup vessel? That's right, vessel. So
0: is. the garish garnish, right. which is the competition that the guys were getting ready for when I talked to them. Right, they each had access to like a pineapple, a banana, some oranges, and then a they sexy could, banana, A sexy banana, according to Jim Stacy. Uh, and then they each had you know, any other stuff they wanted to bring with them to get ready for it. But the mystery element is the vessel that Uh, it all gets put in. So it could be, you know... Probably not, but like the size of a coffee cup. It uh-huh. could be one of those elaborate dishes that you would set fire to. Right. They didn't know. So there's a certain amount of pre-planning that can go in, but then there's a lot of, I don't know what I'm gonna do till I see this thing. Right,
1: right. And I imagine the organizers are like, let's make the craziest vessel we can find. They
0: yeah. picked a beautiful one. Oh yeah? So when they had each of their tables set up, they had a box in the middle of the table. Okay. And when it was time, they got to lift up the box and see <laughs> what the vessel is. and It was a maybe six, seven inch wide round dish with three seahorses. Uh on the sides it was absolutely beautiful light pink in color really one of the prettiest tiki vessels i've ever seen but it was wide like Uh it surprised me how wide it was it would have been one of the ones yeah that you would put straws in either side and and share with other people Uh so they had a certain amount of time they basically said all right now you know your vessel and Uh now you can go and they all started building we have some pictures on our website of the final stuff that okay. they built, but I believe it was Ryan who mentioned that he was going to build a kraken. Right. Yeah. yeah. Right. Uh-huh. Well, as it turned out, that was what Mitchell also decided to build. Oh, really? So, but Mitchell didn't know what he was going to build ahead of time. And uh-huh. they were two totally different versions on like a sure. sea creature. But it was really interesting when they started building, like knowing that Ryan was going for a kraken uh-huh. to all of a sudden look to the side and be like, I Think he's building a kraken too. That (laughs) also has tentacles. Could they see each other? Nope. They uh they were all pretty much in a ring together-ish, uh, uh, but had their backs to each other. Like they did the tables in a triangle formation. And so they were each facing the audience. And so, yeah, so we had two really interesting, elaborate type krakens, and then we had Jim Stacy's, I'm gonna call it a masterpiece. It was It was was amazing. Uh It was amazing. It had smoke coming out of it. It had a giant banana (laughs) that was indeed quite sexy. As (laughs) sexy
1: as a banana can be.
0: Absolutely. There was a lot going on. And by the end of it, Jesse, one of the judges, was tasked with delivering the results. Okay.
6: All right. I got voted to uh, deliver good news and bad news since I'm in the middle. So. Um, what I'm going to do is sh- actually share with you the total points because, uh, they were extremely close and, uh, you know, the, they always say everyone can't win, but, uh, I'll tell you, all three of you did an impressive job, especially under the <laughs> circumstances. All right. So I'm going to take it in the same order. And then, uh, the, uh, gentleman with the lowest points will be, uh, asked to, uh, step away from the ring. Um, but uh, again, be very proud of what you've done. So, uh, Jim, start with you. Um, you had 69 points, so congratulations. Uh, appropriate for the uh, the nipples, so that worked out really well. So it was good. We did not do that on purpose. So very good. Um, then Mitch was our second contestant. We went in alphabetical order. You had 70 points. That's how close we were. So good job, even without the nipples. So. And then uh, Ryan, um, you came up third, and you had seventy-two points. So, here you go. Thank you very much.
4: Okay, ladies and gentlemen. So. That concludes round two. Round three will be the Speed Mai Tai Challenge. Our two remaining competitors are going to have an opportunity to set up their bar. They're going to have 15 minutes to set up the bar the way that they want. They will be using real glass Mai Tai glasses. They will have 10 minutes to make as many Mai Tais as they can. They will be judged based on the consistency of the drink. Uh, they will be able to uh, decant any juices or anything into whatever they want. Clear? Uh, if you want us to move your spaces just a little bit, we can do that for you too. But as I said, you got 15 minutes to set up. And you may go.
1: So the squids had it.
0: Yep. 70 versus 72 points. It was squid versus squid. (laughs) I think everyone loved what Jim created, but couldn't compete with the krakens
1: it was an octopocalypse <laughs> <laughs> don't steal that name
0: <laughs> won't do it but yeah they were very different versions but they were both amazing and beautiful right
1: they were all beautiful so next up is the speed round and they make as many mai Ties in 10 minutes as they can
0: yes that
1: could be that's a long time it's I a think, long time and it's a lot yeah i think five minutes would have kind of gotten the point you know like how fast are you how yeah probably are
0: you, you know? so and here's the craziest kicker of it all okay This is being done in front of a live audience, right? A live audience of people who love tiki drinks, right? right? And then they're making all of these tiki drinks. Right. What would you assume would
1: happen next? Give them to the crowd.
0: Yes.
1: Do they give them to the crowd? No.
0: Oh, man.
1: (laughs) They had. What kind of madness is this? Oh, it was
0: awful. They had a licensing liquor law issue. And they weren't legally allowed to serve the crowd the drinks. So they had to dump them. I know you just broke my heart I know everyone's heart was breaking a little bit it didn't change you know watching the you know masterful making of these cocktails so quickly it was still really really cool and the judges got to taste some and the contestants each tasted one but yeah there was a lot of thirsty observers I know brutal right possible? they can't even give it away could not even give it away. Oh. You have to trust that putting it on a convention of that size or any size really has so many different moving sure. parts. And I just think that the licensing part was just one that they couldn't negotiate for that
1: specific room. Right. hmm huh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. Well, now we know if you're planning on going to the, the Tiki convention, don't plan on getting free drinks. There you go. Right. <laughs> tip your bartenders. That's right. Tip right. your bartenders. Gentlemen, are you ready? <laughs>
4: Okay, we have 10 minutes on the clock. Basically, uh, make as many Mai Tais as you can. They will be judged for consistency but not flavor. Judges, are you ready? Okay, three, two, one, begin.
1: And they're off and they are off
0: you might have heard mentioned that they would be judged for consistency but not flavor
1: right that's a little weird
0: right that was because of them needing to throw the drinks away Uh, they didn't want to waste their money on really good liquor right I (laughs) got so they kind of used bottom shelf uh rail as some call it okay you know liquor so i think that's why he mentioned the flavor thing
1: and how did the consistency work like
0: how did the judges look for consistency They tasted, you know, a few random ones and, you know, looked at coloring and stuff like that. So... You know I guess putting the no flavor part in there would be like well they can all taste kind of icky but uh-huh. as long as they taste kind of icky in the same the way same
1: right I got gotcha. <laughs> right. okay not super sweet on one not super glittery exactly. on the other one okay exactly what was it like like did they pre-make parts of it
0: yeah so they had uh their own decanters that they could use to pre-make any part that they wanted and they both kind of chose different styles and they had two bars set up facing the audience so once again the guys had their backs against each other mm-hmm. and it it was amazing to watch how oh, yeah. fast they were. <laughs> it was non-stop motion. Uh-huh. It was
1: phenomenal. So was it about how many they could make or just consistency?
0: So I think the initial goal was about how many they could make and they put 33 glasses on each of their stations, okay. right? With, I think the original goal being, well, you know, fill up as many as you can. Uh-huh. Well, they filled up every single one, both uh-huh. of them before uh-huh. the 10 minutes were up, which was kind of phenomenal. And then, I guess they're judging, they did a little more on the consistency level. Okay. Yeah, but they did have to pick a winner.
5: I want everybody to stand up and give these guys some major applause.
0: High fives from the judges. High fives for each other. Um, We also want to
6: thank Jim and Mickey for all the hard work. You guys rocked it. Thank
0: you, Jim. Mickey being the competitor that lost out last night. And uh, did your local city proud,
6: Jim. So be proud of that. All right. You can see we had a difficult time drinking 66 Mai Tais. But um, I think it was a little harder on everyone in the audience to watch us drink all those Mai Tais. And you're probably thirsty by now. So we will get to it. So the uh, runner up for today, and again, a lot of deliberation, um, is Ryan. So, very good job. Thank you. And our winner is Mitch. Cause a riot, but I'm not sure what we're doing with all these my ties. I'm just going to throw that out there. And then I'm going to give the microphone to Jonathan.
1: So, the winner was Mitch, the fine dining guy.
0: Mitch from Sarasota. Right. Yes, the previous chef. Previous chef. All right. Uh-huh. Two years in the game. Yeah. Awesome.
1: Good work, Mitch. He
0: was super excited.
1: Oh, I bet. Congratulations. Thank you so much. Yeah, that was a blast. So I heard
0: that you guys made the exact same number.
2: Yeah, yeah. They gave us 32 glasses, and they're like, there's no way you guys are going to fill them. Yeah, we made them all at at, uh, the Tiki Tender contest last year in Portland. They were only able to make 20 cocktails. We both made 32. Um, So that was a blast. It's it's one of those things that... uh, I don't know. I never expected it to happen. But this was this is what I thought was going to be my strongest competition. And I uh, I guess I did it because. Yeah.
0: Congratulations. How excited
2: are you to go to Portland? Oh, I'm pretty stoked. Knowing that it's July 4th weekend, it's going to be interesting to ask off from work in, in a beach hotel. So they might. Uh, I'm sure it'll happen, but it'll be a blast.
0: Now, hopefully it will bring them enough notoriety yeah. that they will easily be like, go, take two weeks.
2: Yeah, yeah, I'm stoked. And, and it'll probably happen because I've had full support of all my, my bar staff, my general manager of the hotel, the general manager of the restaurant. They've been sending me nothing but love, and I can't wait to get a hold of them and let them know that I'm going to bring it back to Sarasota.
0: So happy for Thank you.
1: It. That's amazing
0: super cool yeah that was a really really fun one to watch it was a little heartbreaking not to be able to drink a mai tai <laughs> right sure. but i think i have since gotten over that have you had one since i have not
1: what's wrong with you kim
0: we should go do that right now we should we'll wrap this up go grab a mai tai. i've been thinking about that this whole time <laughs> <laughs> so that was the iron tiki tender southeast and the full-on finals iron tiki tender will be taking place in portland in july
1: All right. That sounds fantastic. If you're in Portland, go to that. If you're not in Portland, go to Portland and then go to that.
0: All right, Ted, you want to start off the calendar this week?
1: Boy, do I.
0: (laughs) What you got?
1: Well, we're going to Indiana for April 13th and 14th. Yeah. What is
0: happening there this week?
1: Well, at the Children's Museum in Indianapolis, the Sunburst atrium will be Decorated like a twirly, swirly candy land. (laughs) And kids and their grown-ups can zoom down a slide that looks like a river of chocolate.
0: Oh my gosh, that sounds wonderful.
1: Mm -hmm. And then afterwards, there's sweet treats, and
0: tasty eats at the Chocolate Cafe. Did you find that one yourself, or did a listener
1: tell you about it? Got that
0: from Stephen in Indianapolis. Thanks, Stephen. Very cool. Well, I got one from Mark in Charlotte. It is the Loch Norman Highland Games. So you know what the Highland Games are in Scotland, right? So this happens a little bit north of Charlotte, and they call it a family-friendly event that will let you experience Highland dancing, bagpipe, Bands, Highland Athletic, and a lot of Scottish stuff. And uh, uh, of course,
1: Haggis. So you're gonna <laughs> say, and of course, stone skimming.
0: No, no stone skimming. They have races with people in kilts. Yeah. They have whiskey tastings. Ooh. They have long bows. Um, and they have axe battles. Uh huh. But yeah. I mainly, went to one of those mainly haggis.
1: <laughs> mainly haggis. I went to one of those in Orlando a couple oh, of years wow. ago and I did the axe throwing. What do you think? It was a lot of fun. Very I'm cool. I'm a decent axe thrower, hey, shockingly. look
0: at that. Yeah. Very cool. All right, guys. We'll go out and check out something this weekend. Please send us your ideas for something going on in your hometown or something that you happen to know about
1: us up on facebook instagram or at rochambeau podcast at gmail.com
0: thank you to cadillac jones for letting us use your music subscribe if you are so inclined and you know once again the world is a big beautiful and sometimes strange place get out there do it till next time people goodbye there are always a man in a kilt at a convention like he's got a Hawaiian shirt on but it's tucked into a kilt